the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called A Church for Real Life as the world is filled with brands and products and services today. And we demand and have high expectations when it comes to service or else someone's going to get a bad review on the internet. But a church for real life has a very different vision of service. We measure how well we are serving others rather than how well they are serving us. Today we pick up with part two of a message called The Servant. Let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. We're told Jesus called him over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over to them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. And he's talking to his followers. It shall not be so among you. Listen to the language he uses. But whoever would be great among you must be your what? Servant. Whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then he gives this, listen to this, even as the son of man, talking about himself, as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So many of us have this sense in life, I'm supposed to make a difference. And in fact, we even have a hunger to be great. I just want to say to you, we we sometimes chide ourselves, oh, I shouldn't want to be great. Jesus isn't telling us that. He's actually telling us how to be great. And what does he mean when he says greatness? What do we think of when we think of greatness? I think we think of impact. We think of influence. We think of great people. They are people who change the world. They change us and they change the world. You want to be great, Jesus says? You must be a servant. That's worth the price of admission today right there, folks. You want to be great? You want to make an impact? You want to influence? So many times we think that's about, that's about getting noticed. And that's about notoriety, and that's about people kind of, kind of making my mark, and it's about me. Jesus is saying, no, 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 the key to greatness is absolutely the opposite. It is about service. Stop and think about the people that we think of as great in our own personal lives, or even in history. Chances are they were people who did some extraordinary act of service for someone other than themselves. I think Jesus is on to something here. You want to be great? You must serve. You want to be first? You must become like slaves. And when I think of first, I think of leadership. You want to be a leader? Commit your life to serving others. And, you know, there's a lot thrown around of of servant leadership. And I think that is a beautiful concept and is one we could really use some growth in. Servant leadership. Some people think the idea of servant leadership means, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever anybody else wants and I'm going to go and I'm going to be at the beck and call of everyone else and that's servant leadership. I want to suggest you, I don't think that's really what it is. I don't think that's what Jesus modeled. What servant leadership is, is leading for the purpose of serving someone else. It means it's not about you. It means it's not about leading for the purpose of my own recognition, my own reputation, my own comfort and convenience. It is leading for the purpose 
of serving someone else. I mean, when I think of servant leader, we lead, for, we lead to serve God's purpose, and we lead to serve God's people. And that's whether I'm as a church leader, whether I'm leading at work, whether I have a company, whether I'm, I have employees, wherever I have an opportunity to lead, servant leadership means I am going to serve God's purpose by serving God's people. It's a powerful thing. And Jesus says, you want to be great? That's how. You want to be first? That's how. You want to have impact, influence, and leadership? This is how. And I think if any of us if we're honest for just a moment, we would recognize either we've had a chance to experience or at least we've had a chance to observe the emptiness of a constant life of self-service. I mean, at first it seems like, oh, that's full. That's a full life, man. Go and get everything I can. Everything for me. Get what I want. Get what I can. Honestly, I've known so many people who had everything life could offer and were empty. And it's tragic And it's because it's a life of self-service. A life of self-service will always end up being a dead end. And and yet, it's what we're raised to do. It's actual instinct. The flesh screams to be served. The culture teaches us to self-serve. So when you begin to break free from that pattern, I just want to say it's a real difficult challenge. And the only way that I know to do it is to dive headfirst into service. It attacks the flesh. It attacks that heart of sin that says, I want to be served. I want to be the center of my own universe. A life of service is like a physical, it's like physical exercise to that self-centered part of my nature. And it's transformative because self-service always leads to a road of emptiness and brokenness. And conversely, real life. So there's something that is unlocked when we become a servant. When we, be, when we make ourselves about how can I serve the Lord first, but then by, I serve him by serving other people. How can I help encourage what God is doing in someone's life? How can I help them move the ball downfield in an area that's important in their life? How can I be a resource to people? It absolutely turns a light on. And I promise you, if you stop right now and think of some of that, most joyful, content, happy people in your life, You'll also, oh yeah, you know what? They kind of serve others. Whether it be with their hands, whether it be with their resources, whether it be with their, with their connections, they just are a person who's about helping other people become what God asked them to be. Because service fundamentally is love and action. Secondly, serving always involves a cost. So serving goes beyond what we do to who we are, but it always involves a cost. And this is the rub. This is what makes it hard, Right? Because if it didn't cost anything, oh, we'd all be doing it. But it always involves a cost. Think about the Samaritan in the story. He spent time, lots of time actually. He spent labor. He had to work binding up. He spent resources. He spent actual resources that he had, and then he spent money on top of it and told the innkeeper, hey, you take care of anything additional you spend, I'll cover it when I come back. Not if I come back, when I come back. So he was committed. And this is the biggest challenge because there is a huge cost. When you say, I'm going to be about serving other people, that's, there's a cost involved. You know the saying, right? The, the old saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for what? A day, right? But teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. And oh, I've heard that quoted. That's so awesome. Such a great quote. The problem is it's way easier to just give someone a stupid fish. 
teaching someone to fish takes all kinds of time. You've got to get the boat, you get gas, and you've got to buy supplies, and then it's going to take a long time because they're never very good at first. And, and it's like, oh, I just, here, here, take a fish. It's so much easier. I mean, think about the guys on street corners. You remember when the sign used to say, you know, we'll work for food? And I'm sorry, I have kind of a cynical mind because I observed, you know, right away, there's two things that are not on that corner, street corner, okay? There's no work and there's no food. What is on this street corner is people who are busy and maybe with a little bit of a guilty conscience, so, so the, and they have extra change in their pocket. And so I had a bit of a cynical approach to that, which, by the way, doesn't mean that that person doesn't have needs. So I, I kind of, the Lord dealt with me on that. So I began to stop and make a point. I would find work for whomever I could. And I can't tell you, I stopped every single time. We'll work for food. Oh, hey. Uh, and I, I was in a lucky situation. We were a much smaller church then, but we had a small campus and I, I could find some work for them. You know, it wasn't a lot, but I said, I'll, I'll, I'll find something for you. And I said, if you're interested, I'll help you kind of help rebuild your life to where you don't have to stand on a street corner asking strangers for money. And in all that time, I, I had one guy show up. And he, and he did, and he was with us for he was with us for months. We actually put him up. He did some work. Um, ended up, guy had a drug problem. Ended up stealing from us and taken off. It was a, it was a drag because he really had kind of gotten to know people. He'd done some work with people in the fellowship. He was kind of becoming part of the fellowship. It was pretty cool. But I have to tell you, when that happened and he stole from us and all the stuff, and some of the times we have to work through stuff with him, and it was like, why didn't I just give the guy a dollar? Would have been so much easier. Just rolled down the window. Okay, here you go. Because, see, serving someone takes time. You know, teach a man to fish is true. It's a, that, is an, that is so true. And I think what Jesus is saying is, I want you as my followers to be willing to teach someone to fish. To actually invest time in people. To open up your calendar, your wallet, your network. And that's the biggest challenge. The question is, why did the Samaritan invest so much? And remember the start of the story. Remember, Because this is a story all about love. It is all about love. Because service is love in action. Why did he invest so much? Because it says he saw saw him and he had compassion on him. That's what verse 33 tells us. He saw him and he had compassion on him. It says the priest went by and saw him. And he went by on the other side of the road. A Levite. You know, another church staff member, if you will, saw him and went by, looked on the other side of the road. But the Samaritan saw him and had compassion on him. I want to suggest to you what, what Jesus is really telling us. He's the first one who really saw him. The priests and Levite, they saw a problem. They didn't see him. They saw a problem. He saw him and had compassion because what he saw was another person. And he put himself in that position. And something of love. Because remember, what, that's what the whole story is about. Love your neighbor. He loved this man because he just had compassion on him. said, I'd I'd want someone to do that for me. Seeing requires taking our eyes off ourselves, our schedules, our agenda. Really seeing. And, And I want to suggest this is also the secret, by the way. When we learn to do this, serving gets a heck of a lot easier. Because it's never hard to serve those we love. When they really need something... We love them. We're there. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church. 
in this message called The Servant, which is available right now on the sermon page in a series called A Church for Real Life at reallife.org, where there you can also watch a video podcast of this message and series. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps us radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, The Servant. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Philippians 2, 3 through 8 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And then it says, Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So here's a question. As you walk through life, who do you see? Who is it that you see? What do you see? Uh, let, me, let me just give you a practical hint. This is a very significant thing. If you want to know where to serve, what you see is a big clue. You know, when we teach on, on helping people discover where they should serve, we talk about their shape, right? S is spiritual gifts. H is their heart. A is your abilities. P is your personality. And E is your experiences, okay? Those things are all clues as to where you'll be most effective serving, right? Well, this is about the heart, and this is one of the biggest ones. If you find yourself walking and looking at a person or a situation, whether it be here at church or in your neighborhood or at work, and you just go, somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something. That's that's an indication. God might have you to be the person to do something. That's an area for you to serve because you saw it. And you might be frustrated. Wow, I can't believe nobody's doing anything about this. Do you know they may not even see it? Because it might not be for them. But if you see it, that could very well be an indication God is doing something. If you see a need, you see a ministry opportunity, you see something that you go, that's not right, that shouldn't be that way. That's called vision. That's where vision starts. Anybody who's ever had a vision to do something great, it started with this idea of, man, that's not right. Somebody should do something. And they realize, oh, I'm somebody. Well, that can be vision as as something as small as a person in your neighborhood, a ministry here at church, something at your kid's school. It's really anywhere. It's the idea of what you see. It's a huge indicator of where you should serve. Because service is love in action. 
Real quickly, number three, service begins at home. Service begins at home. Jesus fills this story with irony, right? It really is. He fills the story with irony because the term is neighbor, love your neighbor, and yet there are two Jewish leaders who pass by this obviously Jewish guy. They could have actually physically been his neighbors. And the hero of the story is a Samaritan who they all would have looked down on, they all would have, the, but he's the hero of the story. I want to say service doesn't restrict itself to home, but it has to start there. That's why he used the phrase, your neighbor. And he tells us neighbor isn't limited to proximity, but it does include. I want to challenge you. You want to begin serving. You want to really have your heart changed. You want to experience real life through serving. Start at home. And by that, I actually mean your family, your community. Serving, your Christian service should begin right here in your Christian fellowship. Serving in the family of God. Do you understand that? We are all, this is our home. This is our house. Okay? We talked last week. We don't want to be consumers, right? We're doing something here. This is a mission. So this is our house. We should serve. We should take care of it. Listen to how the Apostle Paul wrote about it. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. He said, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And listen to verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, or the gifts of the Spirit, for the common good. You understand you have spiritual gifts. Nobody else has the same combination. You have spiritual gifts, and they are for the common good. They are supposed to be for the good of one another. This fellowship, our ministry to the community, remember our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Well, your gifts are supposed to be part of that. And do you understand? God has a huge vision for this church. A church for real life is a big vision. And it's exciting when you think about it. And he has given us everything we need to accomplish that vision. And it's sitting in the chairs right here in this room. In case you missed it, I mean you and me. Our gifts. And, and conversely, if we refuse, if we say, you know what, I'm too busy, I got my own stuff, I just want to get my fix of God for the week and go. Do, do you realize that there's a whole set of gifts, abilities, vision, possibilities that God intended for this fellowship to have that we don't have because you sat out? You sat out. You took a chair, but you didn't engage your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your vision the possibilities that God brought for this mission through you. I just want to say to you, if this is your church home, one of the best gifts in your life and one of the best gifts to the mission, one of the ways you will be able to do something that is eternal is to serve in and through the ministry of this fellowship. Now there's a card. There is a card in your bulletin. Why don't you take a look at it real quickly, this card. This card, we have a ministry fair that's going on outside. And so as soon as we dismiss, you're going to head out there. This card is a way for you to identify, okay, some ways and opportunities for you to serve. There are a number of different ministries here, okay? Now, you may, you may say, oh, I don't know where I want to serve. You might go, just use me wherever. That's cool. And you may have some certain gifts and abilities. Well, we can help you with that. Just put down those, if you think there are some gifts and abilities you have, because some people think, well, I don't preach and I don't sing, and that's what the church does, right? We come on Sunday mornings. They think this is it. (laughs) You are wrong. There's a whole lot that we do, and there's all kinds of opportunities to serve. 
We need people with skills in administration organization. We need people who work with students and kids. We need people who do practical things with their hands on facilities. There's all kinds of opportunities to serve. And it takes all that for this fellowship to work. And I just want to say, this fair, you're going to have an opportunity to see every ministry that we have and to talk to someone about being a part of that. This card is designed to help you with that. That's what this card is for, okay? If you're sitting here saying, well, I don't know what my gifts are. We have put an online gift assessment, and it's a really good one. I, I really like it. It's one of the better ones that I've seen at reallife.org slash serve, and it's an online gift assessment. It's pretty extensive, and it'll walk you through, and then it'll give you kind of an indicator. And you're answering based on your own life observances, so don't lie on the test, right? That would kind of defeat the purpose, okay? It's for you, all right? It's not a grade, but what it will do is list, it'll tell you, hey, you have high giftings in these areas, and that's a great clue as to where you should employ your gifts, and it's helpful. So I want to encourage you. Take that card, fill it out, go out to the fair. Those folks will help you, and someone will get with you to help you begin to get connected and serving. Okay? Because I believe it should begin at home. It doesn't end at home, but it starts here. And what you do here will actually branch out, and you'll see opportunities to serve at work, in your neighborhood, at your kid's school. You will, it, it begins a pattern of a life of serving God everywhere that you find yourself. Because service is love and action. And last thing, let me wrap with this real quickly. The secret to life-giving service is to begin in worship. And this is so, that's the coolest part about this whole story. The secret to life-giving service is to begin in worship. It's the why of serving. See, that's the problem. We can guilt people into serving. Well, I should probably help out, like, you know, with your kids' sports teams, right? You know, if you don't do it, and, you know, and then you can get guilted into it. Okay, we don't want to do that. The why of serving is worship. This entire conversation began with how do I find eternal life? What's real life about? Love, love God with everything you've got. It began with worship. It started with worship. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Again, ever wonder why Jesus used a priest and a Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan? Yeah, it's more, it's more irony because he's illustrating to a very religious people, servants of God who weren't serving God. They were so busy doing stuff for worship, they were too busy to worship. Because Jesus is, you, you want to know what it looks like? It's love. Love for Father manifests itself in loving those that he loves. And then in Luke 10, it's funny, he goes right from this story. The Holy Spirit, through Luke, set us up here, and it's just beautiful. He wants us to understand something important in Luke 10. Because right after that story, he goes right into verse 38. Okay, Luke 10, 38 says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. It's interesting, she slaps both Jesus and her sister in one fell swoop. Lord, you're uncaring and my sister's lazy. That's really, I mean, Martha's, you got to admit, she's got guts, she's good, all right? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, and you have to hear absolute love and affection in this. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Another translation says you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. 
he, there's no criticism for Martha serving. It's just she got burnt out because she wasn't serving from a heart of worship. She was serving out of obligation. She was serving out of pride. She was serving whatever. She wasn't serving out of worship. So right out of this story about you want to know what love looks like? It's service, and it's totally motivated in love. And I have zero idea or picture of the good Samaritan being burnt out like, oh, God, all these guys, i got to help. Oh, here it is, another one. No, you see, a guy whose heart is moved with compassion because God has shown compassion to him. He's a worshiper. He can't help but serve. And I just want to say to you, there's a great danger as, as, as I send you out to hopefully challenge you. If you're a part of this fellowship and you're not serving, you don't have a ministry, I want to challenge you. That's not right. You should correct that. We can help you do it today. Okay? But I do it with this caveat. Serve out of a heart of worship and you'll never get tired. Or you'll have that good kind of tired of doing something important and knowing it, it mattered and having that great feeling. But you won't get burnt out. You won't get bitter. You won't be looking at what everybody else is doing. Why am I always working? Nobody else is working. You see, it doesn't matter. I, I got to tell you, our children's ministry people, I know. Sometimes the parents whose children you serve so wonderfully are thankless. And I'm sorry for that. But you know it doesn't matter. Because you're serving Jesus and he's not. He sees what you do. He sees you are sowing seeds into eternity that will bear unbelievable fruit. So you don't have to sit and go, nobody appreciates what I do. Well, you're worshiping and Father sees what you do and he is pleased. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. There's power. When you serve out of a heart of worship, that's the key to really living. And there's a great danger to forget why we serve. Because we forget what's most important. See, Service is love in action, and it's love first to God, but then to others. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The Servant or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find a church for real life at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.